today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Cain's offering was disobedient to what God required. Now this is important. Abel's offering was obedient to what God required. In other words, they both knew what they needed to do in obedience to God. It was on Cain's part an act of disobedience. He disobeyed God. Obedience is more than sacrifice. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. In relationships, we quickly learn how to remedy our wrongs. We're bound to mess things up and we figure out what we need to sacrifice in order to make things right. However, Pastor J.D. reminds us today that obedience is always better than sacrifice. Not doing the problematic thing in the first place is better than making amends. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Today we are currently going through the book of Hebrews and are in chapter 11. And our text is going to be verses 4 through 6. So the writer of Hebrews, by the Holy Spirit, is writing and says, By faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings, and by faith Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, verse 5, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. He was raptured. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a moment. For before he was taken, He was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. So I've really been looking forward to The text today, I know I say that every week, not every week, about every other week. Okay, every week. Um, Today, I want to talk with you about what pleases God. And in doing that, I hope to answer the question of what happens when we actually do please God. I would venture to say that there's not one of us here today that doesn't want to live a life that's pleasing to God, right? We want our lives to be pleasing in His sight. Well, the text that we have before us today, the writer of Hebrews is going to commence with what's been affectionately referred to as the Hall of Faith. Not the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Faith. And all of these people 
these men and women of God that are in this hall of faith. When we get to chapter 12, and we will, Lord willing, get to chapter 12. The rapture might happen first, but we're, we're going to try to get to chapter 12. But the writer of Hebrews is going to turn this corner and refer to these men and women as the great cloud of witness, bearing witness, as a testimony to us now, as it was to these Hebrew Christians then, who were so discouraged, under tremendous pressure and persecution from their Hebrew brethren to return to Judaism. And many of them were giving up and losing hope and very discouraged, and that discouragement was even giving way to despair. And so the writer of Hebrews, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is writing to them saying, don't give up, <laughs> hang on. And then he goes through all of these men and women who didn't give up, who held on and finished the race and made it as if the writer is saying to them then, as he is to us now, if they can do it, so can you. Well, we got a problem right out of the chute. What do you mean? Well, come on. Abraham, Noah, Enoch, who we're going to talk about today. I mean, of course them, because they're them. I'm not them. <laughs> That's the problem. That's how we think. I don't want to go too far off on this, but maybe someone needs to hear this. There's really no difference between them then and us now. These were real people like you and I. These were people like you and me that struggled with daily life the same kinds of struggles, the doubts that would set in. This fight of faith to fight daily to keep the faith. And in so doing, the writer of Hebrews by the Holy Spirit is going to record for us these men and women of faith who made it. Look at them. They bear witness. They're a testimony. If they can do it, you can do it. Because God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Well, we're going to start today with this hall of faith, and we're going to begin with two men, Abel and Enoch. And both of these men, for different reasons, were pleasing to God. And they're going to become for us and to us these examples of what it is that pleases God. And the first one is with Abel in verse 4, and it's that of putting our faith in Him. Here the writer references the account in the fourth chapter of Genesis, well known by the way, concerning Cain and Abel, two brothers, two offerings. However, we're told that the offering Abel brought to God was a more excellent sacrifice 
than the offering that Cain brought. They both brought offerings to God, but Abel's was acceptable, Cain's was unacceptable. Question, why? Why is it that Abel's offering was pleasing to God, whereas conversely Cain's was not pleasing to God? Well, I'm going to put on the screen an explanation as to the difference between these two sacrifices. Huge difference, by the way. Cain's offering was by the flesh. Abel's offering was by faith. Cain's offering was by works. It was the fruit of his labor. Abel's offering was by the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Cain's offering was produce, the product of his labor, whereas Abel's offering was a sacrifice. Cain's offering was, we're told, some of many, whereas Abel's offering was the firstborn of his flock. Cain's offering was just that, an offering. But Abel's offering was also, we're told, with the most prized fat. It was the best and the first, the first fruits, if you prefer. I don't know why it is or what it is about us, but it's kind of like, hey, you know, I'm going to get a new one of these. I think I'll donate the old one to the church. Really? Reminds me of a story (laughs) that's told by the late Larry Burkett. He's with the Lord now, but it was in the context of um, giving our offerings and our first fruits and our tithes to the Lord. He tells this story about this um, rancher who comes home one day all excited, tells his wife, Honey, we had two calves born today. Praise the Lord. I'm going to dedicate one of them to the Lord. So as the wife can and only can, (laughs) only a wife, leave it to the wife. My wife's not here, so I can get away with this today. She asks her husband, oh, praise the Lord, which one? No, doesn't matter. I'm just going to give one to the Lord. Well, some time goes by and comes home one day and totally different. I mean, just downcast and says to his wife, honey, the Lord's cow died. (laughs) Oh, I guess that's the one you're going to give to the Lord. Hmm. No, Abel's offering was the most prized. Cain's offering was disobedient to what God required. Now this is important. Abel's offering was obedient to what God required. In other words, they both knew what they needed to do in obedience to God. It was on Cain's part an act of disobedience. He disobeyed God. Obedience is more than sacrifice. It was Abel's obedience. This one's interesting. may need to spend just a little bit of time on this. Cain's offering, again, was the produce, the vegetation, and was likely 
aesthetically very pleasing to the eyes. I mean, probably all arranged, you know, those baskets, when you get those baskets, and you know, as a gift, and everything's just perfectly arranged, like, ah. And then here comes Abel with his offering. It's a bloody mess. It's a sacrifice lamb. It's bloody, messy, and probably very smelly too. Now, I'm looking at these and I'm like, hmm, let's see, which one do I want? Which one's more pleasing to me? Well, of course this one, because man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And so this offering from Cain was unacceptable, whereas Abel's was acceptable. And this explains why. Cain's offering was a symbol of man's efforts in coming to God, whereas Abel's offering was a symbol of God becoming a man. That was the difference. Pretty big difference, right? Cain's offering, lastly, was offered with no blood that was shed, whereas Abel's offering was offered with the blood of an innocent lamb that was shed, a type, a picture pointing to yet future, the Lamb of God, who would be slain for the sins of the world. There was no sacrifice with Cain's offering. And the key component here was faith. Abel offered this by faith. That's why it was pleasing. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. But this brings us to verse 5, and a guy that I cannot wait to meet, Enoch. Enoch rises from the pages of our Bibles, not just here in Hebrews, but back in Genesis, as a lesson to us about how pleasing it is to the Lord when we walk close to Him. Stay with me on this. Like with Abel before him, Enoch pleased God. And according to the account in Genesis, I love this, the reason he was so pleasing to God was because he walked closely with God. Again, hang on to that. Now, we know that he walked close to God, but do you know why he walked close to God? Here's a thought. It's been suggested that Enoch, by faith, was keenly aware of the coming judgment of God, which is why he walked so close to God, and as such was so pleasing to God. See, he knew what was coming. What was coming? A flood to destroy the entire earth as God's judgment. But Enoch, who walked close to God, pleasing to God, God was so pleased that he 
One day we're told, I love it. I love the, it's, it's so, it's just right there. And then you kind of read over it and you just move on. And then wait, not so fast because stop right there because he got up one day, put on his, well, he didn't put on his pants like we do. Sorry. Or his robe, whatever it was. He got dressed like we do every morning. But on one particular day, he's walking, just going about his day close to the Lord in love with the Lord, probably talking to the Lord. And the Lord's like, yeah, poof, and he took him. And, and depending on the translation in Genesis, it says, and he was no more. He wasn't? No. Where'd he go? He's no more. Where'd he go? God took him. Oh, that's why he's no more. Wait a minute. That's the first rapture in the Bible. Why are you looking at me like that? And it's a picture, a type of the church of Jesus Christ. And not only is it a picture of the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ, it is a picture of the pre-tribulation rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. So in the update today, uh, we were talking about Joseph and the seven year seven. Notice my hands. I'm not doing any horn devil signs. I had to qualify. This is Shaka. This is not the devil sign for those of you on the mainland. And seven year famine. Did you know that pre-famine Joseph took a Gentile bride who's not heard of once the famine begins, a picture of the bride of Jesus Christ. Pre-famine. Enoch, a picture of the church of Jesus Christ pre-flood. Oh, wait a minute. I thought Noah was a picture. No, he's a picture in his family of Israel who go into the flood tribulation, and are saved in the midst of the flood tribulation. That's a picture of Israel. Joseph, a type of Christ. His brethren, a picture of Israel, are saved in the midst of the seven year famine, just as Israel will be saved in the midst of the seven year tribulation. That's 70th week of Daniel, that time of Jacob's trouble. Last time I checked, Jacob, Joseph's father, he had 12 sons, they become the 12 tribes of Israel. Actually, you might remember the account, it's in Genesis as well. Jacob wrestled with the Lord, the Lord. That was a pre-Bethlehem appearance of Jesus Christ. All night, that's one strong guy. No, think about it. And he would not let Jesus go until he blessed him. And the Lord said, I can't bless you till I break you. Wrestle all night. And what did he do? Well, <laughs> listen, all throughout Scripture, you'll never see the blessing preceding the breaking. Oh, I want to bless you, but you're too strong, so i got to break you. And he touched his hip and broke him. Now I can bless you. And then when he blessed him, he changed his name. 
You have to understand, Jacob, Yahob, if you're named Jacob here today, we love you. We love you. But it actually, the name is the nature, it kind of means heel snatcher, you know, kind of conniving. Again, Jacob, we love you, but that's what that name meant. And God says, you're no longer going to be Yahob, I'm going to name you Israel. You know what Israel means? Governed, ruled by God. That's what Israel means. So you'll see it interchangeably throughout Scripture, where sometimes it'll be referred to as Jacob. It's kind of crazy, because sometimes it's in the same narrative. It's kind of like God just reminding you, remember now, Jacob. It's kind of like when your parents would call you by your full name. You knew you were in trouble. <laughs> but then other times he would be referred to as Israel, governed by God, blessed by God. Oh, and I have to do one more. Can I just do one more? Okay, what are you going to say? No. So you got Enoch pre-flood. You've got Joseph and his Gentile bride pre-famine. And then you've got Daniel pre-furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're thrown into a furnace, no ordinary furnace. There's very interesting detail in the record. Apparently they turned this furnace up not six times or eight times, but seven times hotter. And they throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into this seven times hotter fiery furnace and they're saved in the midst of it. And I mean, it's, it's really actually, I, I see the humor in it. Of course, I know they have clinical terms for this condition, but I mean, it's so funny to me that they would, you know, come out. I, I thought we threw three men in there. I see four and one looks like the Son of God. That's because it is. And they didn't even smell like smoke. Do you know the guys that threw them in there burned alive? And they didn't even smell like smoke. And there they are. And they get saved. And it's Jesus who saves them in the midst of the seven times hotter fiery furnace. And then they're told, you guys, come out here. If I'm in there, I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> hey, besides that, you're the one that threw me in here in the first place. I'll stay right where I'm at. The Lord's here. <laughs> I get saved in the midst of the seven times hotter fiery furnace. Question, where's Daniel? Oh, he's not there. Why? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Pre-furnace. Daniel is exalted and taken up to a high position prior to the seven times hotter fiery furnace. That's just three of several. Pre-flood, pre-famine, pre-furnace. Listen, I'm never going to pass up an opportunity, especially when talking about Enoch, to mention the typology in the pre-tribulation rapture. I hope you don't mind. So what was it about Enoch, who by faith was so pleasing to God, it's because he walked so close to God. And don't you find it kind of interesting where we're at today? I truly believe that we are on the cusp 
of the beginning of the seven-year tribulation. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you heard today may have encouraged you in your faith. There are many revered Bible characters mentioned in the book of Hebrews, people who lived ordinary lives but amounted to much in God's eyes when it came to faith. Perhaps you might be the same. You're living your very ordinary life, striving to live for God, but sometimes you make some harebrained decisions. Thankfully, God's looking at your life and your faith as a whole. This should be encouraging to you. You don't have to live up to perfection. Continue following this series with us in the book of Hebrews to gain additional glimpses of faith lived out. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Hebrews. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God has been putting on his heart. Faith is something that's ongoing, so keep it up. Join us again on In Spirit and Truth.